Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time. All right, I want to get right into it this uh, this afternoon because we have a lot of stuff going on, and and it was one of those moments where we just had another worship concert, you know? <laughs> and uh, can't argue it, you know. And um, I, I for those that for those that were here and and participated of prayer, and you joined together with a brother with a sister, I want to thank you, thank you, thank you. I was moved beyond emotions. Because this is what we aim to be as a church community. It's not a place where you go to and there's just one guy who he does the praying and he does the laying of hands and it's just one person or an an elite group of people, but that we can all come together as a community and pray for one another and, and cry with one another and lift one another. And this is the church that we aim to be. And I just want to thank you all for being such an amazing people. So thank you. Thank you. So, um, this, okay, one person. Okay, good. That's okay. One, one person. That's, that's great. So uh, this afternoon, we're going to jump into our new, um, our, new uh, our new series for the month. Last uh, month, we were all... Anybody remember last month what we talked about? Uh, anybody? You can yell it out. The church that Jesus loves. The church that... Okay, Dr. Gladys, you get an A. Good, good, good. Good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, uh, I want to pray and then we're going to jump right into it, okay? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for our family. We thank you for our friends. We thank you, Lord, for those that are visiting for the very first time. Father, I pray that they are, uh, that from this moment on, Lord, we just pray that there is something in their heart that tugs and says, Lord, this is our church. This is my church. This is where I want to put some roots down. Father, we pray for that family. We pray for those now. And uh, Lord, and as we uh, continue to, 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 to talk about this topic, Lord, that uh, you have deposited in my heart. Lord, I just pray that you take the lead in everything that's going to be shared. I pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen, amen. and amen. So if uh, you have been part of this church, um, as I said now, going on seven years, uh, it will be easy to see that we are typically, uh, th- we're, we're typically themed-based. We have themes for everything, theme for everything. And all that we do on a monthly basis and even for the year. And um, so I, I believe that this is very helpful for many people uh, to be able to track pertinent information and topics and teachings. Now, to be able to go back and reflect if needed and when needed. You can go back and say, oh, I remember when we talked about this. Or I remember when this was talked about. And um, so I, I, I really, really appreciate uh, sticking with themes and topics, and God changes it all the time, and and we are we're not married to it, but it really helps. And this month, as I typically do this time of the year, I want to focus on friendship. Somebody say friendship. friendship. All right. And so in November, everything seems to point to Christmas, and and following Christmas is New Year, guys. We're about eight weeks away. Yeah, eight weeks away. Yeah, yeah. Hope your budget is ready. And um, and so everything points to to to. Uh, Christmas and then uh, New Year and before Christmas and New Year, our, our country in particular, we, we celebrate family and friends during uh, Thanksgiving. It's what we do. It's a time where we pause and we reflect and, and we come together. Many other countries do so as well. They have a version of. But two Sundays ago, the Coopers were spearheading our 
morning volunteer uh, team huddle. Are the Coopers here? Okay, they're here next Sunday. And um, and and so we we typically end our morning huddles for all of our volunteers with either a question to ponder or or just something to stir up a quick brief conversation. And um, today, obviously, it was um, uh, Luis and and. And Emmy, they spearheaded, and they had their 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 question for us all, and it stirred something up in me uh, when um, Crystal Cooper asked. She asked, um, "Am I a good friend?" That was our question. Am I a good friend, or what kind of a friend am I? And that stirred me up in the morning. I was like, "Man," because it makes you kind of reflect and think about that. And so um, this morning, this morning, the theme. I just want to give you the theme of the month for this month, and we're going to talk about this, is the friend that Jesus loves. The friend that Jesus loves. All right? The friend that Jesus loves. Oh, that's nice, guys. Thank you. Very nice. So as I develop this in the next few weeks, my heart for this ministry, for this church, this month, is that we can take time for us to build connections, build build memories within the body, within this church community. On the way out, on the way out, um, David, can you get me a box, one of the the communion boxes, please? And then one of the cards as well, Adrian. um, said Adrian, David. um, You're going to get a, uh, uh, you get a, okay, that's the card. Thank you very much. Thank you, Flacco. For those that don't know, don't know what flaco means, it means skinny. <laughs> I was gonna call him Slim Shady, but uh, there's nothing shady about Miguel. But but uh, we're we have these boxes, and we're gonna have them out all month. Listen, all month, all month. Um, and in these boxes, we have communion cups, communion cups, and this is for you and your family. We want to encourage you to go home and in the week prepare one day of the week, a dinner where you're going to sit with your family and you're going to have communion at home. All right? And you guys pick who's going to spearhead it. Yes, you're raising your hand. Or you were just worshiping. Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> so, so you're going to decide, Patty, why are you looking so sad? Patty. Oh, why are you looking so sad? Oh, okay. Don't, don't want me. You're an educator. You don't want people. <laughs> you say yes. <laughs> So, so, so go home and have communion. Plan it out. It doesn't have to be overly religious. Look, guys, is Jesus' blood and, and it's his body. It's the blood. It's the covenant. And just whatever meal you have, do it together as a family, as a unit, and do it in remembrance of Jesus. Okay? And then the second thing is a card that we, on the way out, we want you to grab one and, and then pray about it, think about it, look around. And what this card is, it's just a simple invitation. I want you to look around and you're going to look to people that don't look like you, that don't speak your language or, or may speak a, a couple of different languages, uh, people that you typically may not invite to your home. And what I want you to do is this month, I want you to consider, I want to invite someone, not Becky and not me, all right? Lord, I don't need more food. But, but, but I want you to invite someone. We have plenty of single moms here. We have single parents. We, we, have, we have widows. We have widowers. Uh, we Listen, I want you to take a moment 
I want you to pray about it and say, Lord, what are you leading me and who are you leading me to open my home to so that we could sit down together, break bread this month. Okay? Amen. All right? Everybody got me? Yes. It's an assignment. It's an assignment. You know, um, a few years back, Becky and I did this and we did this when we first started the church and we went to a young lady's, uh, a young lady's home and she invited us where she... Uh, reluctantly admitted that Becky and I were the first Hispanics that she had invited to her home. We were the first Hispanics that she had invited to her home. And um, I responded, and I think after tasting your food, we're going to be the last ones to ever come. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I, I, I didn't say that. I promise I didn't say that. <laughs> um, but listen, oh my goodness, did I say that out loud? <laughs> All right, but we want to encourage you to use these cards and fill them out and invite someone to come out to the house. And um, so listen, as, as long as you can remember that this is about building the body, building the body, building the body, connecting with people, getting to know your brother, getting to know your sister. I tell people, all of your resources, all of the resources for all of your challenges, for all of your hardship, it's right here. It's in, it's in your community. It's in your community, all right? So this is what this is about. So, uh, so all month as we focus on friendship, what are we focusing on? Friendship. We're focusing on friendship, especially within our church. The story that I want to go in and look into this afternoon is typically known within the church world and even outside of the world, famously known and popular uh, in our modern times, has been renamed to the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan. Anybody ever heard about the Good Samaritan? Anybody ever heard about the Good Samaritan? In fact, when someone does something nice or a, a, a nice deed, a good deed, they're typically and usually called what? Oh, the Good Samaritan. A oh, Good Samaritan today jumped in, a Good Samaritan. And um, we're going we're gonna to talk uh, a little bit about this. I'm going to go into Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. And I want you to follow with me as I read. I'm going to read uh, from 25 to 37. Yes, you're going to read with me. We're going to do this together. Um, uh, for those that are here for the very first time, we do, you are allowed to read with me. We encourage for you to read along. So here we go. One day, an expert in religious law. Note that, okay? What kind of an expert was he? He was an expert in what? All right. So, an ex so uh, religious law. He stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Now, what was the purpose of the question? To test Jesus. He wanted to test Jesus. The nerve of some people, right? Let's go. Next one. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Now, I want to stop there for just a quick moment because I want you to understand that this is by definition the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the question. For And this is how simple this is. This is how simple this is. We, in the church world, in the church circle, we complicate the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a very simple thing. 
And I want you to listen carefully to what Jesus says because you can go over and over and see many of us are lost in the rapture. Many of us are lost in the end times. And many people are lost in the mark of the beast. And uh, the, uh, you just name it and name it. All of the pro- But this is the stuff where our eyes should be. How do we inherit eternal life? That's why we're all here. Why? Because we're trying to, etern- to inherit eternal life. And that is the question. So let's go. This is the answer. And this comes from Jesus himself. Jesus replied. Who's, who's responding? Jesus. How many think that if Jesus is going to give you an answer, that's it? All right? That's it. It's done. Look, it's done. Jesus responds and he says, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? He's asking an expert of religious law. Let's go. 27. The man answered, here we go. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your and Next. Jesus responded. Jesus responded. Jesus responded. So how do you inherit eternal life? How? How? Come on. Come on, say it. Come on, say it. Done. That's the God. You are now a bona fide evangelist. Go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's it. There's nothing more to this. That is it. We complicate this. We complicate this in the church world. And he said, do this, and what happens? Next. The man, though, was not content with that. Why? Because we have a problem with how simple God's grace is. We cannot wrap our head around the grace of God for our lives. It is, it is, it is unfathomable for us to to believe that a loving God is going to love us with that kind of love where he forgives us and he accepts us over and over with no limit it's unending the bible calls it it's unending his love is unending now listen the man he wanted to justify his actions so then he asked Jesus who is my neighbor he wanted to get it right who is my neighbor and there's a reason for that there's a there's a reason for that 30 so jesus replied with what how did he reply a story notice that jesus didn't reply with a bible scripture what did he reply with a story the word says replied with a story there was a reason for that so he replied with a story he says now follow carefully with me the expert of the law okay religious law he himself was Jewish and so he begins remember that the 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 point of what this expert of religious law he was asking then who is my neighbor there's a reason for that so here's a Jewish 
expert of the law. And now Jesus begins a story and he says, a Jewish man was traveling from, Jer from Jerusalem down to Jericho. Now, now, in that time, during that era, when you mentioned Jericho, you were kind of saying, hey man, he walked, he walked from, he went from this point and he went into the hood. Uh, or he was going into the bad neighborhood, the bad areas of the city. And every city has one, okay? Every city, every town, every, um, every has a bad area where you go like, be careful. Well, that was Jericho was that place where, hey man, you got to be careful over there. All right, be careful. So Jesus makes a reference to Jericho. And the Bible says, and he was attacked by, he was attacked by bandits. Okay. They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him up and they left him. They, they, they left him what? How many know that half dead isn't good? Half dead is a, guys, that's a beating. All right, yeah, that's, that's, that's tough. And they left him half dead beside the road. Next. By chance, a priest came along. When Jesus uses the word priest, he's talking about a Jewish priest. And so he says, a priest came along, but when he saw, when he saw the man, the man lying there. Next. He crossed to the other side of the road and passed them by. The priest did that. The Jewish priest did that. Next. Then a temple assistant, a temple assistant, in other versions of the Bible, it'll say a Levite. A Levite was a temple uh, assistant. And, and a temple assistant who also was Jewish walked over and he looked at him. Who's the him there? Who's him? The man was beaten half to death, lying there, but he also did what? On the other side. Next. Then a, 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 if you were with me two Sundays ago, remember we talked about Matthew, and we talked about how some of the, the, the Jewish religious folk they, they, they identified anyone who was not of their, uh, anyone who was not of their school uh, following Jewish law, they looked at them as scum. Scum. Remember? And Jesus was eating with these people, with the tax collector. They said, how can your teacher eat with that, with such scum? Well, this is why in this story, Jesus makes it a point, makes it a point to use the word despised despised so I tell you that instead of calling this story the good Samaritan we should call it the despised Samaritan there's a there's a reason for all of this we're going to break this down so then the despised Samaritan he came along and when he when he when he what did he see what did he see what did he see he saw a man Notice that he doesn't label nor tag him by ethnicity. He saw a what? He saw a man. He saw a man and he felt, what did he feel? Compassion for who? The man. Next. Going over to him, whereas the others were, were 
they were repelled by the man. This man is attracted to the man. And the Bible says that the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine, and then he bandaged them. Next. Then he, he, this is a half dead man. How many know that any live man is heavy? All right. And if he were like me, then I was going to be a heavy guy. So then he put the man where? On his own donkey. That was his transportation. So he gives up his transportation and he gives it up to the fellow brother. And he took him to an inn where he took care of him. Next. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Okay? Next. That was a story. That was a story. That's how Jesus answered, then who is my neighbor? That's how Jesus answered it. Now, which of these three would you say, and he's talking to the expert of religious law, would you say was, was a neighbor? See, in today's society, the only people we call a neighbor are the people that live in our community. Which one was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus asked. Here we go. Emmy, if you yawn again, Emmy, I will have you escorted out of this church. All right? You haven't been here in about six Sundays. You, you can't come back on one Sunday and be the only one yawning. That's usually Dr. Gladys. <laughs> So here we go. Here we go. <laughs> the man replied, the one who showed him, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, yes, go and do the same. That's the whole gospel of Jesus Christ, guys, in a nutshell. You can literally grab this portion of scripture. And I'm saying this metaphorically, right? But you literally rip this right out of the Bible and just say, this is it. This is it. This is it. Everything is summed up right there. Please don't rip your Bibles up. So Jesus tells this expert of religious law to go and do the same. What exactly is Jesus telling this man to go and do by sending him to go do the same? What is he sending him to do? Three things. Number one, to feel compassion. Number one, to feel compassion. That was the very first thing this Samaritan felt. When he saw the man, he didn't see, he didn't see a man based on status, ethnicity. He just saw a man and he was moved and he was filled with compassion. Say compassion. compassion. Number two, what Jesus wants from us is that we may show mercy. Somebody say mercy. mercy. We talked about this two Sundays ago. Two Sundays ago, if you were not here, look up the message and, and listen to that message, okay? And number three, but most importantly, this man saw a fellow man. He saw a fellow man. 
I want us to be careful. I know that there is a very, very hot... Uh, see how I can frame this. But I know that there is a war that's, uh, that's currently going on right now. There are times that, that in our zeal, our zeal, we move to just stand with. We are called to be people of the kingdom. And we stand with the body of Christ. And we stand with humanity. Are you understanding me? Yes. Okay. So I want us to be very, very, very careful. Do not let politics polarize you. Don't you, don't you allow that to happen. Jesus is a master of storytelling. And this is the way that he frames this story. He's demonstrating uh, masterfully uh, this story. And he uses it to teach people beyond what conventional teaching could teach. So Jesus tells this story and he puts you on a, on a full 360 perspective of every scenario. If you listen to this story, this story is covering the entire Bible In this simple story, Jesus in his divinity knows that the law expert is living the law to the letter and still living the law to the letter is not meeting God's standard. Because it is very possible for you to love God and think that you're doing a very good job at loving God and you're still missing a mark. Sunday after Sunday, our churches around the globe are full with people that literally believe that they're loving God. Jesus, God reminds us, we're missing the mark. So Jesus has to bring the listener into the scenario from, a different, from different angles, from different perspectives, so that, so that the listener could understand that God's love isn't conventional. Did you hear that? God's love isn't conventional. God's grace isn't human grace. It is impossible to describe and to write the details of God's unending love in ways that we can understand or comprehend with our human understanding. This is why Ephesians chapter 3 verse 17 says this about God's love. Then Christ will make his home where? Where does he make his home? In the church building. Where? 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 In the heart. As you trust him. Thank you. Oh, guys, you're making me dizzy. I'm about to vomit. <laughs> Go back. Let me finish it. Makes us home in your hearts as you trust in him. Next. Your roots will do what? Grow, Grow into God's love. Many people have roots that grow into the church, but not into God's love. Many people have roots that grow into the pastor's heart or pastor's love, but not into God's love. And this is not what the aim is. The aim is that your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you what? Strong. Keep you what? Strong. Angelo, keep you what? Strong. Good. <laughs> Next. And may you have the... The... Power to understand as who should understand this? Who? Mylan, who should understand this? 
All God's people should understand this. Come on. How wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. Continue. I get offended when you hear love is love. No. Not God's love. Mm, that's different. That's a different kind of love. Do not try to put God's love in that category. Wrong. May you experience the love of Christ. God's love, you don't, you don't. <laughs> let's, let's get into this. The love of Christ, though it is too what? It is what? Is there another one? Then you will be made what? Complete. With all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. God's love is so far deeper than any man can ever comprehend. In fact, the Apostle Paul is fully convinced that the best way and only way to understand God's love is to experience God's love. You have to experience it. If, if, I, if I was moved today in, in emotions and tears, it's because I'm feeling his love in the midst of everything that's going on. And this is why Jesus didn't say to the expert of the law, he didn't say go and feel the same. He said go and do the same. Why? Because the gospel of Jesus Christ isn't something that we say, it is something that we do. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And too often people, people say they love, but their actions are far away from their words and their heart. And Jesus didn't care about the way the Jews followed the law as much as it mattered to him how the law was being applied and executed. So you could feed the hungry, you could clothe the poor, and still do it in ways that displeases God. We see that more and more and more and more. Look how generous I am. Oh, look at me feeding the homeless. Look, oh, look, I bought some shoes. Aren't I special? You can pray, you can fast, you can sacrifice, you can, you can give offerings and tithes and still do it in a way that it is insulting to God. So the expert of law was trying to test Jesus' use of the law by getting Jesus to adhere to the details of the law. But, but what this man failed to realize was that Jesus was the law. This man, this expert of the law, was talking to the very law himself. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. And Jesus was the very words in human form of the law. So think, think about that. This is the human, this is, this is, this is the expert of, of law is asking the very lawgiver, lawmaker, law writer, the words of the law. He's actually testing him. He was testing Jesus. By asking Jesus to define who was his neighbor, he was trying to get Jesus to alienate everyone else who wasn't Jewish. Somebody say, ah. That was the question. Who is my neighbor? See, in his story, Jesus masterfully places the one that was in need. Jesus, the beginning, Jesus kind of flipped the script. And he put the one in need as what? As a Jewish man. Remember the one that was beaten, half dead? 
He was Jewish. But guess what? You guys know who did the beating? You know who were the bandits in Jericho? The Jewish men. So this was Jewish on Jewish crime. Are you listening to the dilemma and how deep this conversation gets? Because as the rabbi, as the teacher, is, I'm sorry, not the rabbi, as the expert of religious law is asking this question, he is trying to distance himself from the Gentiles. The Gentile is everyone else who is not Jewish. So the way that Jesus framed his story, he makes the Samaritan man the protagonist. He makes him the hero of the story. And then he makes the Jewish man the victim. And the victimizers, he makes them Jewish. You guys see where he's going with this? Jesus knew the hearts of the Jewish folk of that time. And he knew especially how the Jewish folk felt about Samaritans. Because Samaritans were a people that were a mixed culture. They were, they were, they were Jews, but because of displacement, because of wars, and because of sieges that had taken place, they had intertwined, they had intermingled, they married uh, with different cultures, and so they were a mixed race. They were not fully Jewish. So that's why they were despised. And Jesus knew their hearts. And if we're not careful, we're going to miss this big, big lesson in this story. And that is that actually from the very, we see it from the very victim himself. What, what was the Jewish, I'm sorry, what was the man that was beaten? He was what? He was Jewish. Can you imagine his reaction? Now let's listen to this because if we, we, we've read this story over and over and many of us know the story, but what we fall and fail to realize is that there is also a lesson with the victim who happened to be Jewish. Could you imagine his reaction, the Jewish man that was beaten half to death, half to death, when he wakes up and he finds himself that he's bandaged up, that he has been fed, he has been cared for, that he has been touched, he has been carried, and someone paid his debt. And when he asked, who did this? They say, a Samaritan. Somebody say, ouch. ouch. Imagine now he has to go back home because obviously if he had stayed overnight and he is healing from his wounds, he must have been mi missing for a few days. And if he's missing for a few days, you think the wife is going to have a few questions for him? Huh? Do you think? I'm married to a Puerto Rican woman. If I am missing from the house more than eight hours, there's going to be some questions, repercussions. Well, this man has to go home and he has to now give an explanation to a Jewish woman or a Jewish family to say, I was beaten by bandits. I, I was left half dead and then I was picked up. I was healed. I was bandaged and a debt was paid that I could not pay and it was done by a Samaritan. And he had to explain, a priest came by and he saw me and he walked by. I was told that an assistant of the temple came by and he saw me and he too walked by. But then he would have to muster up and utter the words, a Samaritan man bandaged my wounds, 
dressed me up, lift me on his shoulders, put me on his donkey, took me to an inn, and paid all of the debt until I got well. Not the priest, not the temple assistant, but a despised Samaritan loved me when the people that are called to love didn't. Does that sound familiar? This morning, I want us to take this from this story. I want you to take this away. Too often, our hurt, our pain, and chaos in our lives are caused by the very people that, that look like you. Let me say that again. Too often times, our hurt, our pain, our hardship is caused by people that look like us, that sound like us, and are similar to, or similar to us. However, we happen to be so shallow to look outside of us because of our own bigotry, our own prejudice, our own preconceived perception of other people that aren't like us. Jesus wants us to leave this here today. I don't know what you have walked in here with. I don't know what your week looks like. I don't know how or what challenges you have at work or in your neighborhood or in the family. But he wants you to leave some stuff here today and don't take it with you as you leave here today. He wants you to leave here with a bigger heart, with a wider heart, with a deeper heart towards all people regardless of color, regardless of race, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of status. Let go. Tell somebody next to you, let go. Got to let go. When was the last time someone of a different ethnicity sat with you in your home to have dinner together? When was the last time? When did you sit with someone? When did you care for someone that doesn't speak your language or maybe have multiple languages? When? When? And if they do, what is your heart saying about those very people? Do you call them those or them? Those people, them. And then you refer to you as us and we. want us to let go and love the Lord your God with all of your heart and by loving with all of your heart that means that you are loving all of the people that he loves let me say that again that you are loving all of the people he loves love with all of your heart love with all of your soul love love with all of your strength and all of your mind but more importantly love your 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 as you love yourself uh, for those that call Scarlet Note your home uh, let me be very clear this is not a Hispanic church uh, let me very clear this is not a Hispanic church it's not it's not your pastor's Hispanic. 
But man, my heart is kingdom. And and let it not leave your mouth ever that this church is Spanish people. It's a Spanish people church. It's not. We endeavor. We fight to see what? Past the Jewish man and not look at the Jewish man, but look at the man who is hurt, who is grieving, who needs help, who needs to be loved. That is the church that we aim to be for seven years. We've, we've talked about this. I remember when we had this when we had this ministry in, in its inception and it was eight of us and we were sitting down and we were talking about 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 where we're going to be a bilingual church because I am fluent in Spanish and English and and I just I had to I, no I didn't know I want us to be a church we're in America we're going to be a church for all people for all people all people And we're not insulting or criticizing churches that are bilingual or, 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 or they have their pockets. No, but for this church, this particular church, man, there are times that I forget my own race sometimes. I forget what I am. Just lost in the sauce. You ever do that? Just, just lost? Oh, I, I'm not? Oh, okay. Got to remind myself sometimes. Why? Because everyone and everything hurts. And it is God's, and it is Jesus' heart for us to be able to look at mankind and look at them through his eyes, through his love, through his compassion, through his mercy. Stand to your feet. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.